Welcome to another video podcast from Family Vision Media. I'm your host, Stacey Washington, and I'm the author of Eternally Cancel Proof. And I'm so excited to have our next guest on today with us. We have Priscilla Ron. She is the vice chairman of the Colorado GOP. She's an entrepreneur. And she and I were just discussing how I will possibly get to meet her in real life because I'm going to be in Colorado speaking at the Western Conservative Summit on June 3rd. Uh, so I'll be there June 2nd and 3rd. But I was thinking of going a little early because I haven't been to Colorado in like seven years. And that'll give me a chance to scope the place out because I hear it's pretty awesome. Tell us more, Priscilla. It's amazing. The sun shines over 200 days out of the year. The weather's amazing. We've got the mountains, crisp, dry, clean air, and lots of amazing food choices. So I'm so excited to meet you face to face at such a wonderful event. Okay. I cannot wait. So that's all settled because I was wondering who's going to be my friend at Western Conservative Summit. Now I already have that settled. It's, it's you. It's Priscilla. Okay. So now let's talk about education. First off, we have a lot of focus on education as a subject right now because of not just the state of Virginia flipping from, from blue to red, not just critical race theory, a lot of the LGBTQ accommodations that are being made. And some of them are being made in good faith where you have kids who've been bullied and adults are trying to address that. But then you have the opposite of that, which is kind of like a, a, an overarching sense that parents are losing control of the education of their kids. What do you recommend, especially chairing an entire GOP for a state? You're really in touch with policymakers and people who can help craft better solutions on this. Absolutely. As someone who is full-time in the classroom, I'm a teacher in Denver Public Schools. This is my 28th year. Welcome to my classroom. <laughs> awesome. It important that we have parental voice in what's happening. We, I, I fundamentally believe that we need to get back to the basics of a, you know, strong civic um, uh, education where we're teaching the basics of re reading and literacy. When we look at our academic scores, we can see the low proficiency and we can also see that there are disparities in, in educational outcomes. And so there really is very little time in the curriculum to talk about other things that are more social issues or personal issues that have an agenda, we have to get back to the basics. And I can tell you, I'm seeing a lot of um, unhealthy behavior, a lot of confusion. Um, students who are, um, you know, should be talking to their parents about some of the things that we're talking about. And there are some age appropriate things, but that is the responsibility of the parent that should not be the responsibility of the school. That's true. And so, you know, parents used to seek a partnership with teachers so that they could best handle any issues that arose with their kids. And I know for us, I always remember just telling the teacher, I would tell them over and over again at every parent teacher conference, I would tell them, you know, sometimes if I bumped into them when I was volunteering, I would just say, don't forget, you can always email me or call me about any behaviors that you see in the classroom so we can work together for my child or for, you know, this, cause we have three kids. So, I, you know, for, for, for our son or for our daughters. And sometimes the teacher would kind of look like, uh Oh, and then I'd say, is there something? <laughs> cause you know, they, they kind of look like, Oh, your kid actually is doing. And they would say, um, you know, your, your son is, is doing this, or he mentioned that I'm like, Oh, wow. Yeah. Thank you for telling me. I'll talk to him about it. And if there's anything more I'll email you or I'll, I'll reach back out. And so, you know, teachers need that support. Teachers need the uh, opportunity to interface with you. But on the other hand, you know, that I think that was like a different time, even though it wasn't that long ago, Priscilla, because now I'm seeing a lot of TikTok videos of teachers saying, I'm going to teach your kids about LGBTQ. 
whether you like it or not, I'm going to teach you, you know, they're, they're kind of, um, they're, they're making statements about what they're going to do. And it doesn't seem like a partnership anymore. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to say, Hey, we want to raise children to be loving, humanitarian and caring and to treat people with dignity. We can teach those behavioral traits without crossing any lines that might be offensive um, to people with certain um, expectations for us. Um, you know, w when we talked about CRT, you can't teach people to be anti-racist by using racist strategies. Right. Okay. And and so I've, I've seen that and I'm like, you know, if we want people to be loving and caring, there is a way to do that and a way to model and, and be an example of that. If we want people to be caring about someone, whether they choose to be in a same-sex marriage or not, like mm -hmm. as adults, we believe that that's their personal choice to do that. But when you're five, six, seven, eight years old, you know, we don't want to be in the business of talking to children about adult topics or maybe even just simply more mature topics that are very, very sensitive and should be, again, spoken about in in the home with parents and giving parents that respect. And this is not for me about judging someone's personal choices. It's about saying, hey, we're a, a classroom teacher. We have a job to do. And when we start blurring those lines, we don't know what other people are talking about and where they are in their lives. And I think that is a very, there's too much liability, I think, for, for classroom teachers to start delving into certain conversations that can also take us down a rabbit hole that we don't want to go down. And, you know, we're about protecting kids and that should be our first and foremost uh, priority. And, and to your point, partnering with parents and understanding, hey, like at, as a classroom teacher, no matter who that child is that comes through my, my door, I have to love them and treat them with the same dignity I treat anybody, regardless of what their home life is like, I have to be loving and make sure that they are educationally prepared. Yeah. And so let's, let's, let's go a little bit further because this connects into a huge issue for this midterm election. And I honestly, Priscilla, I, whenever I hear somebody broach this issue about student loan forgiveness, I get to a place in my mind where I'm kind of like, oh, just, you know, I don't feel like listening to it. And the reason is because Democrats have been flogging this as an issue and kind of driving voters to the polls on the, you know, carrot. It's like they dangle it in front of people. We're going to forgive all of your student loans. And it, it, in my opinion, I, I don't have any proof, but I, it's my opinion that there are people out there who literally might have borrowed a little bit more than they would have if the Democrats weren't flogging this issue continually at the midterms. They tend to bring it up at the midterm or in the general, they'll say, if you elect President Biden, he's going to forgive your student loans. It's not like he'll forgive your student loans if you went to an unaccredited school or a school that was found to be a sham, because those people deserve to have their loans forgiven. But we're talking about just, I went for basket weaving or women's studies or black studies or Asian studies. I went for some kind of a degree that has no actual correlation to work. I borrowed 50000 100000 I borrowed 200000 but I'm still not a doctor. And I want my student loans forgiven. Meanwhile, people like my husband, who he got an MBA, he got his undergrad in information system technology, he he is paying his student loans every month. We make those payments because he got a degree. The, I mean, he borrowed the money. Um, he's using the degree for work. So 
this this idea that we're going to do this, it turns me off. I don't want to hear about it because Democrats never actually do it. But even Nancy Pelosi has stepped before the podium, Priscilla, and said that this is not something the executive branch can do. Where do you see them going with this? You know what? Once again, to your point, this is an election year ploy to buy votes. You know, that's not a gift to us, especially for for those who are uh, in the lower socioeconomics to say, hey, we're going to promise to forgive your loans and we're going to, you know, give you $15 minimum wage. Those types of promises that the Democrats give, they're not sustainable. At the end of the day, if you borrow money, you need to pay it back. That's the responsible thing to do as individuals who love our country and respect the dollar. This we first of all, our country can't afford to just print money and pay off debt. Um, but it does breach uh, the conversation around the cost of higher ed. I mean, it's just way too expensive. Yep. We make that choice when we go to college. I was a teacher. I incurred, I went to a private university. I incurred a lot of debt. It took me 22 years to pay it off. And, um, you know, but I did it because that was the responsible thing to do. So I'm with you on, like, I don't want these promises to me. I want to see action and um, printing money and making us live in a false economy is not the answer. So to your point, Priscilla, about the false economy, and we know inflation, and we know what the major issues are, and there are two strat- strategic tacks that we can take. Um, one of them is for the GOP to simply run without a message as we are not the Democrats right now. We are responsible. We have better policies than they have. Don't describe the policies necessarily, just basically running against what is a really it's a sad economy headed into a recession if we have one more uh, quarter, one more quarter of negative growth on the GDP, and we're officially in a recession. Um, that's on top of the high gas prices, the inflation at the the grocery store, the higher rent costs. Everyone's taxes are up because they're trying to make up for money that they lost during the lockdowns. Revenue has been down for municipalities across the country. Uh, you know, it's it's really we're headed into a second year of that. So. Is it that Republicans should run as we are not the Democrats or should Republicans actually get out there and speak about issues like you've described, education, um, the student loan forgiveness, how that's really a a terrible idea um, and other things that Republicans are strong on that are opposite of what the Democrats are running on? Because I think there is a sense, especially from polling done by Scott Rasmussen recently, that voters actually don't want to hear about tax policy. They don't want to hear about numbers or charts or graphs, which we happen to really love and excel in as Republicans. They want to hear about kitchen table issues, how we can lower their costs and make their lives easier. But Republicans aren't so good at talking about that. So do you you have an opinion on which strategy is best for, for the midterm? You're 100% spot on. In Colorado, we have our commitment to Colorado, our 10 points of what we promise to deliver and the legislation that our legislators have already introduced. Even though we are in the minority as Republicans, that doesn't stop us from introducing legislation that addresses, like you said, these kitchen table issues. So there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, here's the track record of the Democrats and what they've done. And we've got the receipts on what they have done and why are we in the place that we are at but also bring solutions. Why do we want your vote? We need to earn your vote and you need to hold Republican legislators accountable for what they promise. So when we talk about the top three major issues, education, inflation, and safety, we have huge issues with 
fentanyl coming into our country. We have huge issues at the border. Um, we have huge issues with crime and suicide and death rates. And Colorado is number one in stolen vehicles in the country. These, really? Yes. These are things we must address and talk about because of the failed leadership in our state and across other Democrat-led states and municipalities. Um, people need to understand and they want to know, what are you going to do? If I give you my vote, what are you going to do to fix it to make my life better so that I can pursue the American dream and raise my family because I want to see my children grow up to have an opportunity to live the American dream. And that's what we stand for. So I think it's a it's a combination of the both of both issues of saying, hey, here's the track record of the Democrats and their policies. And here's what we're going to do to make it better for you. I love that. And so I just I want to reiterate something you said right at the beginning. And I will put this in the show notes for if you're if you want to see this for yourself, dear podcast listeners. And that is you said 10 points for Colorado. So I love things like that when I'm talking. And obviously, you know, with what you and I do for, you know, for work, we're advocates, but we also talk about policy. Um, I love things that make it easy for me to remember and then to share with other people quickly, because I really believe in the bomber strategy. I believe in, you know, if someone engages me on politics, because of what I do, I rarely, you know, strike up a conversation about politics with people I don't know. And with people I do know, I, I kind of like, oh, do you want to talk about politics? I want to talk about gardening because I talk about that all day. But anyway, um, if they bring it up, if someone brings it up to me, and especially if they appear to be, maybe they have some things that they believe that aren't quite accurate, the these are not facts, but they believe them. I will say, oh my goodness, well, have you ever seen 10 points for Colorado, let's say? You know, 10 points for Colorado rolls right off the tongue. Easy to remember. There are 10. 10 is a number that we use a lot. So these are things that strategically and, and when it comes to a comms perspective, that's very strong because I already have memorized it and we just you just mentioned it like three minutes ago. So now I have that. I can go to 10 points for Colorado pick out the things that resonate with me. And then when I talk about them, I can do it in three minutes or less, leaving the person wanting more and direct them. Just Google 10 points for Colorado. And, you know, if we bump into each other again, or maybe you want to talk about this with some people that you know better um, and kind of kind of talk about it. Like, what about it makes sense? What about it doesn't make sense to you? I don't have a dog in the fight. Like, you're going to either believe 10 points for Colorado or you're not. I just thought you might like to know about it because you brought up X. And it's a part of that, or it's the opposite of that. I really believe in that more than, let me tell you why you should be a conservative. And then launching off into my story of how I became a conservative. And then, you know, telling them about the different things, the GOP is better. And then using the word plantation and blah, blah, blah. I really believe in finding quick, fast, and clean. It's clean. 10 points for Colorado. Then they go and they find it. And also, it's something for them to remember. And also, we can leave the conversation on a positive note, which I feel like that's something as conservatives, you know, we are more fun. We smile more, we laugh more, we're happier on average. The polls show we're living our best lives. But when it comes to discussing these things, we don't put our best foot forward. So how, how would you say we should message this, especially going into the midterm? And now with this announcement about Roe v. Wade, which I am rejoicing, but I also know the Democrats are considering burning America down right now. Like they're literally planning on burning it down. So how would you say we should message this? Yeah, really quick edit is uh, the commitment to Colorado. Commitment to Colorado. Awesome. Uh, 
Um, but you're absolutely right. I like to ask people what's on your radar and, and finding something that's important to them and talking to that. And so what do you think we should do? And let's come up with a solution together. Um, people are more apt to find common ground that way. And, uh, you know, I, I think that we need to be more constitutionally minded. That helps us to, to focus and ground ourselves on what's important so that we can continue this great experiment called the United States of America without that constitution we have very little to stand on. And I know there are attacks on our freedom and most people wanna be free. Most people want to have choices. Most people want to have the ability to live where they want, shop where they want, spend their money the way they want to. And I firmly believe people can do a better job than the government in doing that. And so when we are talking about what is important that all of us can agree on, I think those are some fundamental things, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness um, and, and freedom to speak and to petition our government. Small government is the way to go and, and making sure that we, we have a voice even in our local government and small boards and commissions. There's a lot of ways that we can get involved in our everyday lives. It doesn't have to be some big, you know, I'm running for Senate or I'm running for, you know, mm -hmm. president. You can just be involved in your child's school and make a huge difference. So I agree, like there are a lot of ways that we can come together. There's the school bell. <laughs> All right, so with that, we're gonna close out because Priscilla's gonna teach the children of Colorado as she has been doing for a couple of decades now, successfully bringing kids into a higher knowledge base. And I'm going to sign off because I need to go find commitment for Colorado and make some of those points a part of my repertoire in speaking to people about the midterm. Priscilla, Ron, you have been amazing today. We'll include links to your sites and, of course, the Colorado GOP. You're the chairwoman there. Congratulations on that. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Stacey. We'll see you in, in, a, in about another week or two. Uh, it's, it's, I think it's in like one month because it's oh, June 3rd. And I cannot wait. I am already making plans for us. I'm already making plans. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you.